Chapter Fifty One of Colonel Greatheart. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mary Herndon Bell. Colonel Greatheart by H. C. Bailey. Chapter Fifty One. The Last Inspiration of Lucinda. Lucinda sat in the twilight. There was not a nerve of her at rest. Her bosom beat a broken melody. Her hands were at work with her rings and her chain. She changed her cushions and her posture each moment. Royston tarried too long. She had no fear for him. Though he had failed her, she had never doubted of the final victory of his brutal strength and adroitness. She feared him too much. But she was hungry for certain tidings of the other's fate. To be sure of his death, that was the best thing life could give. So she might quench her hopeless yearning, win freedom again, be again the mistress of her own body and mind, and use their old delights. She hated him as a prisoner of his bonds. He dared impose himself upon her passion and chain her with regrets. His death must be no mere revenge, though that was sweet, but release full freedom of all herself. She could not dream of love reaching beyond the grave. While she fretted there, sudden, silent, a man stood before her. Colonel Strozzi saluted with a grin. She lay back on her cushion, still and quite calm. "'You are bold,' she said. "'I think you do not know Colonel Royston.' And she laughed. "'Good, sir.' He will get you hanged as lightly as I breathe. Colonel Strozzi continued to smile. There was some little matter of a contract, madame, he suggested. And for hanging, why not he as well as I? Lucinda shrugged daintily. Faith, I know not, nor care. Strozzi came a step nearer. Be sure, madame, that you will not laugh at me. You are more amusing than you suppose, my poor friend. Yes, you have cheated me neatly, it is admitted. And now the last act begins. Last night your bel ami, George Royston, sustained the attack of the Palatine. I hear his dispositions were most soldierly. In fine, he shone resplendent. But there was a contract, Madame Lamarouse and this is not what he was paid for. "'Blame yourself for your own folly,' cried Lucinda. "'You were given your chance at the General's, and you blundered it.' "'That is another hair, my dear,' said Strozzi pleasantly. "'I choose to run down the first. "'There were certain monies paid. "'I am not used to pay for nothing, and I do not like it. "'The position, sweetheart, is this.' George Royston has played double with me, and it is a liberty I do not permit. He will convey back the money he had, or I will convey the whole story to the generals. And so get yourself hanged? Lucinda laughed. Yes, sir, I believe that. Strozzi smiled at her. You do not understand me, my dear. I resent being cheated. It is true that I may get myself in some danger. I shall not care if I cry quits with that dear Royston. 
believe me my love i shall if he will surrender the better for him if not strozzi's amiable smile broadened the more pleasure for me shall we hang together dear zip la 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 he made the sound of the jerking rope and danced a grotesque parody of the writhing body lucinda watched very still why are you so bitter against him she said it was not he it was colonel stow that spoiled your plan strozzi's smile was swiftly gone his eyes gleamed hate another of your damned lovers he said your desires are too general mistress then he laughed again well he is paid fat tom broke his skull in before the lobsters came you fool said lucinda quietly they have him here alive strozzi spat a hissing italian oath but you lie he cried he gripped her neck and turned her face roughly to what light there was do you not lie strumpet while their eyes fought there was the sound of footsteps in the flagged passage below and a voice mistress royston mistress royston is she within lucinda started up it is ireton she said in a swift whisper and flung open the door of her bedroom go in go in into the holy of holies strozzi sneered as he went then she threw herself upon the cushions again and composed herself with much grace but her bosom was wild and the heavy foot on the stair maddened her with its delay it was ireton he bowed to her with a grave respect i come on a sad errand madame pray believe my regret why you talk riddles sir the answer is short enough madame your husband has lately confessed to our horrible treason confessed ireton looked at her curiously ay madame finding a friend of his a colonel stow of the king's army in danger by his offence he confessed all to the generals in council there was a silence a moment lucinda drew a long breath sure that is mighty noble in him she said in a low voice but pray what had he to confess madame you have heard that a wicked attack was made upon the generals last night at noon a court was held to try a prisoner this colonel stow for his share in it he told an honest tale but because he would not say what he knew of the guilty was much in danger was likely to suffer then moved by his peril colonel royston did confess all that himself was a leader in this devilish design having sold himself to one strozzi an italian to procure the general's murder oh sir what mighty villainy is this ireton did not understand her tone yea and in the very camp of the godly I i feel for your shame said ireton you are most gracious tis at least some pleasure to add that the court found room for mercy it was held that colonel royston's honourable confession did absolve him from the common doom of traitors only his command is taken from him he is to fight in the ranks this is mercy indeed 
said Lucinda in a low voice. Ireton, peering at her through the gloom, could see that she sat at her ease, still and unshaken by any sorrow. I would only say this beside. If I can serve you in your present need, madame, I would desire it. He waited a while. She answered nothing. He made his bow and left her. She was much of a puzzle to him. But since his own taste was for a daughter of Cromwell, she occupied him little. In what torment he left her you may guess. If the pain in another be the due of pain, Colonel Stowe's griefs were well avenged. This last blow smote most bitterly. It was enough that he should bring to nothing her scheme of grandeur. To win back the friend she had stolen from him, he could have dealt no crueler wound. She knew shame. Each hour that she had made herself the plaything of Royston's desires came back to sting her pride. He cared no more than she. She had given her all, and at the first chance he turned back from her to his friend. They made of her a wanton of the camp. The sweat was on her brow, and she trembled. Truly he had his revenge. He kept his own honor. He kept his friend's love. Aye, she had won that friend to her husband, but he made the very victory pain. She was left to a common soldier that loathed her. She moaned under the lash. It was not of her nature to try the past again, to seek how she had been in fault or hold herself to blame. She was a creature of passion and unconquerable will. Now the pain lashed her into sharper hate. She gathered herself together and crouched upon the cushions like a wild beast waiting to spring. So Strozzi found her. He tapped her shoulder before she saw him. You heard, she said hoarsely. It seems the bel ami has cheated me again. He, what does he matter? He is but a fool. Tis the other has beaten you, this cursed Colonel Stowe. Do you not see? I see, said Strozzi. Well, tis he is our ruin. He spoils all and gains by it. They acquit him. They honor him. These fools. Are you a man? Do you dare? Do not be afraid, said Strozzi. She started up. Do you need anything? Are you equipped? Strozzi laughed. End of chapter 51